Would you like to exchange best practices and ideas to improve care, enhance operational efficiency, and address financial challenges with your peers? Becker's Healthcare is facilitating these conversations at their 8th Annual Health IT, Digital Health, and RCM meeting. You can check your eligibility for complimentary attendance at the link in the description. We are excited to welcome you in October. This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Nicholas Szymanski, Vice President and Chief Information Officer at Signature Health. Nicholas, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Now, I know we've got a lot to talk about. You know, there's definitely a lot happening in healthcare right now and with Signature in particular. But before we dive into the broader discussion, could you tell me a little bit more about yourself and your background as well as where you're at at Signature Health Care? Yes, absolutely. So, uh, quick background, uh, New England guy, um, born and raised in Connecticut, went to school um, in Johnson & Wales for uh, college, and then um, first job out of college, worked for uh, Meditech, so one of the big EMR companies, obviously, uh, that got my, that gave me my introduction into uh, healthcare and combined the uh, IT schooling that I had just received, and um, uh, from there, uh, worked at various organizations in uh, New York and New York City area, including New York Presbyterian, uh, in moving into different roles. And then um, I had the fortunate opportunity to come back home of sorts uh, to uh, New England, you know, right outside of Boston here at um, Signature Healthcare, um, located in Brockton. So, uh, in an interesting time uh, it is here. Um, I think this week marks the two two months. Uh, anniversary of having our um, 10 alarm fire uh, that took place, um, like I said, just about two months ago now. Uh, so we're in a very unique uh, position. Um, we were having many of the same struggles and challenges and wins uh, that other organizations were having. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're in a very unique uh, position now, uh, given, you know, the recent events over the last few months. Absolutely. You know, and that, that's fascinating. I hope that, uh, you know, from your perspective, everything is able to resolve and build back up quickly. So you're able to serve your community um, at large in the best way possible. And, you know, with that in mind, where do you see some of the big opportunities as well as headwinds uh, right now? I, I know and can imagine that your answer would have been different before the fire um, and then now after. So I'd just love to hear your perspective and what you're really thinking about and have your eye on. Yeah, obviously, given uh, where we are today, um, <laughs> our headwinds <laughs> have changed. Uh, so, you know, before I probably would have had a pre-fire or post-fire uh, answer, but my post-fire answer is really getting care out to our patients uh, in any way that we can, as long as it's uh, obviously safe, and, and really trying to uh, continually assess uh, what we can do and what the needs are of the community. We already knew what they were, uh, but, you know, how do we get that uh, care out there? Um, and really get to the patients given the, the circumstances uh, that we're in. So that that also allows a little bit of um, an avenue to accelerate things, uh, much like COVID did, where a lot of organizations probably were thinking about uh, different initiatives, say like telehealth, um, uh, you know, remote patient monitoring. But COVID really forced our hand to accelerate um, you know, the implementation of these uh, type of services and service lines. So I think we find ourselves there now. Um, and saying, okay, what can we do? Uh, how quickly and safely can we do it? Uh, and would that even address the needs that we have uh, of the patient? So teleservices uh, are huge for us, um, you know, and even just spinning up new locations for us um, are very, very important, including uh, two urgent care 
uh, centers that we had, uh, you know, uh, spun up just weeks after the fire. So some more traditional type, um, you know, uh, things that we're, we're up against here and that being real estate, uh, but also, you know, from a technology standpoint and also clinical, you know, looking at these other opportunities such as, uh, you know, telehealth uh, service lines, um, looking at behavioral health, what can we do there, uh, getting into that space. So, um, and then again, allowing us the opportunity because the need is so so large to, to move quickly on that. So those are the some of the challenges. Uh, I don't even want they are a challenge, but it's really um, needs that we're trying to address. I don't want to label them challenges, but more so needs of the community that uh, we're you know trying to address. Absolutely, I think that makes a lot of sense. And you know, from your perspective, I, I can imagine that um, the technology the way that you are, are using the digital um, connections with patients and team members. And, and I can imagine it's just even more elevated when you're doing something quickly, like standing up the urgent care centers and, and really trying to assess and figure out, you know, what you can do to uh, keep serving the, the community. So, you know, what does it look like for you to uh, continue to add value as the CIO, as the technology leader of the organization? Um, you know, where do you see yourself today and then where are you headed in, in growth and development as time goes on? Yeah, that's a loaded question that could take probably hours to answer. Uh, but I don't I don't think that the uh, approach, uh, given my role, it changes. Uh, I view myself very much as a, a support uh, being in a support role, uh, supporting all aspects of the organization and including the community. And ultimately, our customers are our patients. So how can I help facilitate clinical providers uh, to give care to patients? So I, I, I'm going back kind of to the telehealth and the tele anything really. Uh, is that feasible? Is it reasonable? Does it address the need there? So how do I how do I help get the tools uh, in the clinician's hands to to do that? Um, you know, and, and how how can I make sure that the patients have access to that? Uh, is there something I could do to help? So, even pre-fire, post-fire, I, I view myself and, and the team and IT very much a service line and a facilitator. And I don't think that that has changed. What we may have been, you know, marching towards, uh, obviously, might have taken a few lefts where we were going right before. Uh, in at least the, the near future, but uh, I don't think overall the, the role has changed. It's what we're looking at. Got it. That makes a lot of sense. And, you know, over this time, as uh, you've made that quick pivot um, that you had to after the fire, is there anything that surprised you or lessons that you've learned that would be really helpful for other healthcare leaders and organizations to know and think about if, you know, God forbid something like that happens again or for them? Uh, yeah, I, I... There's always, there's so many lessons learned, and I, I quite honestly don't think uh, anyone, or I'll speak for myself, rather, <laughs> uh, I'm sure there's a lot of people that haven't even had the time to fully digest what took place. Um, I'm sure, hope, well, I hope at a later point I, I do have that and kind of jot it down, uh, but I would say the things that do stand out that was so impressive, I'll start there, you know, that day we had uh, we had a full house and everyone was safe, uh, there was no one harmed, patients or, or employees. Um, but from an IT standpoint, being uh, prepared, uh, it sounds overly basic and almost mundane, uh, but being prepared, having done, uh, you know, tabletop exercises, anything that you can do uh, to prepare for the unpreparable, if that makes sense, uh, helps because then it kind of gets you in a mindset of what would we do 
if something were to happen. Now, you can't fully prepare. I don't think you can fully prepare for any type of situation, no matter what type of um, tabletop. You know, every instance is going to be a little bit uh, unique. But in the moment, keeping things simple, keeping the objectives uh, concise, and, and, and limiting exactly what you're going towards in the given moment so that people don't lose sight of that and don't get overwhelmed, uh, I think was critical. So you know, having a business impact assessment, um, things of that nature done ahead of time. So in the case that any services uh, are impacted, you would know which ones were the priority because you would already prioritize them uh, ahead of time given the impact that they would have to the organization and or patients uh, should they be down. So that type of homework really, really helps because it saves you time from doing it in the moment when time is of the essence. So those are the first two that really stand out to me. Um, but like I said, down the line, hopefully when things slow down a little bit, uh, I might have a mini book to write, but those are the top two for right now. Yeah, absolutely. It makes a lot of sense. And, you know, too, uh, obviously there's a lot of challenges this, this year in, in particular, um, but what do you see as being really still a strong area that you need to invest in or a, a risk that's worth taking for the year? I think you know, it can be easy to try to, um, in a space where a lot of organizations are contracting or facing a lot of uncertainty, um, you know, not to to do new things, but where do you really see as being an important area to keep growing and developing and invest in? Yes, uh, well, a few different areas. I think IT specific, I'm, I always try to lean on the security side. Uh, obviously, hospitals are a huge target. So just staying as current as we can be, I know we're somewhat chasing our tails with that, but always investing in that, never really being satisfied where you are. There's always ways to improve, uh, even if it's not, not technology, it could be policy-based or behavior-based. But from uh, something that really, really interests me, uh, from a clinical and you know healthcare perspective, uh, that IT has a big role in is, again, the telehealth, but looking into the future with the remote patient monitoring and finding different ways to get to the patient rather than the patient having to come to us. So. I think that you know a lot of organizations, especially the major health systems, are already going in that direction and pretty well down a road. I don't know if any of us know where the road will lead as the new technologies emerge, but just finding those different um, approaches to again getting towards the patients, uh, or getting to the patients rather than them coming here. And in certain communities, and ours uh, to a good degree, transportation could be a hurdle to someone getting the care that they need. So finding a way, again, to get to them helps eliminate some of these hurdles that might prevent that much needed care from taking place. So those type of things are what I really uh, try to focus in on and speak to, you know, some of my peers who are the leaders in the clinical areas to hear what their thoughts are, where we think there's opportunities. And then again, being a facilitator and a support person, how how can we help them move that along? So. Uh, I think that's really where my focus, and that still remains the same uh, today, even pre-post-fire, that's where it was. Yeah, absolutely. I think that makes a lot of sense, you know, and it's really helpful to think through and, and know. Uh, before we wrap up our, our conversation, I just wanted to take another look into the future as well, and I can imagine this could go in very many different directions, but um, yeah. over the next, you know, three to four years even, where do you see some of the best opportunities for growth as you get signature back into a space where, you know, you are operating at uh, uh, full capacity and really um, using the uh, the opportunity to come back in a, a way that's really um, beneficial and meaningful to the community. Uh, where do you see that headed? Where do you see uh, spending a lot of time and effort and energy in the future? 
Yeah, so I'm going to take it actually a little bit higher level. I think on all of healthcare, and this is a, a big buzzword, and, and rightfully so, and there's so many people uh, paying attention and trying to push the needle here, uh, but it, it came to light majorly for us uh, after our incident when our patients, you know, had to begin, uh, begin going elsewhere. But interoperability, I know, again, that word is used uh, and maybe overused in some areas, but finding a way that where your patients can seamlessly, if they had to, whether it's an event like we had, or if it's um, traveling and they live in Florida for the summer, that they can seamlessly go into another uh, healthcare provider and have their information there. I I think very futuristic, and I say, you know, in my head I have this um, maybe crazy picture where the we've kind of flipped the model and the, the patient would own their data. Um, rather than us uh, owning the data. And I think there's a lot of benefits to, to trying to look at flipping that. Uh, but, you know, it, maybe this may be Jetsons-like, but, you know, maybe where the, the patient has, whether it's their phone or some device or something where they could almost walk into a healthcare, any healthcare uh, facility, uh, present this, uh, whatever, their phone, um, and that would have their medical record that then could be consumed, viewable, and then all the bolt-ons that we have in healthcare could, you know, start working their magic based on the data that the, the patient presented. I, I, that, that area to me fascinates me. It takes a massive, uh, a massive shift in approach uh, and a, a shift in technology. But uh, if I look out 10 years, you know, 15 years, I, I, I would be thrilled to see and I would hope to see that uh, we're going in that direction. I love it. I think that makes so much sense and definitely is a great vision of where healthcare could go and be. Nicholas, thank you so much for your, uh, joining us on the podcast today and especially during this incredibly busy time for you. I appreciate it and um, you know, look forward to connecting with you again soon. Awesome. Thank you so much for the opportunity. It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks, to help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized, and meaningful way, Becker's Healthcare has launched MyBHC. It's your trusted Becker's Healthcare experience and more with content, connections, events, and learning opportunities. Join the community free of charge at www.my.beckershospitalreview.com and we'll see you there.